Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, I want to tell you about Dodge. This spring, the Brotherhood of Muscle is looking for new members, and the only way to join is to get behind the wheel of Dodge's only family of all-wheel drive muscle cars. The Dodge Charger, the only muscle car in its class to throw you back in your seat with 300 horsepower and still get 30 miles per gallon. You know, the Dodge Challenger, the groundhog didn't see its shadow. It heard the rev of the most affordable V8 in its class. And the Dodge Journey, maximize your adventure with the most powerful third-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. And certainly the Dodge Durango. Tear through April showers with the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive availability in its class. Hurry into your Dodge dealership and start your introduction to the Brotherhood of Muscle. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and here, as always, the lovely and charming Bill Goldberg. I don't think I've ever been called lovely in my entire life. But How are you, buddy? Good to see you again. I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's always wonderful to drive up here and see your beautiful face. You know, and so I'll, I, you guys know that as you listen, to, you've been listening to CarCast. If you're new to CarCast, uh, we do we do this show myself and Bill, and then I do the episode with Adam Carolla. But with Adam Carolla, this is his studio, so we come in once a week and we do the shows like he does all the time. We have our producer Chris in there. But uh, mm-hmm. the deal that Bill and I made was like, yes, we're we're going to do a podcast, but that's really going to mean like we've got to do three, four shows in a day, and he's got to drive up from where he lives and and whatnot. So it's a little tougher to get everything scheduled. And then when we get here, it's it's an early Saturday, Sunday morning, and we bust shows out. But uh, uh, we're here, we're back. I probably won't see you for a few weeks I after that we do was a few cre- shows. That was going to crescendo with an explosion or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing: it says now that we do shows like this, uh, producer Chris got to do all the sound effects and post. He's got to do the intro. He's got to do all that stuff later. Um, it's all right. So this is uh, this that's is his value, be though. That's why he's on board. He's the one that makes us look good, sound good. That's his job. Know, all the above. He he's got it all prepped. We come in here. He's got all this stuff right now. No, down no, no. For I us. just press the button. Especially me, the cabin. new guy. <laughs> the new you know? guy. Um, I know we've got a lot of uh, uh, stuff to go over, but um, here's a, a a cool segment we're going to start doing. So I'm going to bring in our friend Alistair Weaver. Alistair Weaver is the VP of editorial and editor in chief at Edmunds.com. Um, and he's a, he's a lovely chap. <laughs> he is lovely who, a good, a good in the like, first two minutes of the show. And, uh, <laughs> twice. And he, like, he just got to LA. Like he made the big move, permanent move, right? I like, did. How long you've been here? Like a month? I emigrated on January the 5th. So apologies for the dodgy accent. I'm sure it'll change in time. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're going to. We're gonna... I love it. It makes me feel like I'm not in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's, he, he moved here from, from cold and rainy to uh, L.A. where it was cold and rainy, at least in January. And Cold and rainy could be anywhere. Where specifically? Uh, I moved from the center of London. So I, I grew up in the north of England but lived in London for the last 20 years yeah. and then moved to L.A. We so. just talked about that wonderful weather going on there right now. Yeah. I think it's all come from Siberia. It's another kind of Russian import. But. <laughs> you know, in the last show we we talked about uh, uh, Bill's um, Bill's adventure over on the Grand Tour, and uh, you know, running around the track on in the Jag and stuff, but also how the weather played a factor. And 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 I think in the morning it was cold, right? Like when you guys started, like the training sessions, if you will. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was there was it was dewy. 
and uh, <laughs> it was slick. And you know, hey man, I'm not going to make any excuses. You're setting it up to you know for me to. Say, no, oh. I just I'm just setting up England. Yeah, it. it yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what? It England. was it was brutal, and I was uh, playing that little violin. But after talking to Skinner yesterday and hearing what's going on at Goodwood right now, yeah. and watching the feed on Instagram, those they're they're nuts. Yeah, Goodwood is another thing. So he's he's a a longtime journalist and videographer and radio guy and did a bunch of stuff uh, in in his home country. Um, So Goodwood is kind of your playing field as well, right? You've done Goodwood at time. You you driven the hill climb or the circuit or or both? Uh, I've driven both. I've been lucky enough to go up the hill a a few times. D type Jag, C type Jag, which is an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got career ender written all over it. Oh my god, no (laughs) question. My my question in do in in driving a car like that up there. I mean, I drove Skinner's backup truck. I mean, you. You can fix that thing in two seconds. But yeah, we're talking about Mike Skinner, by the way. Yeah, you know, and driving an old D type like that. I mean, are you pushing it? Are you? Is your butt puckered the entire time? I mean, obviously, right. weather well, first has of all, who owns the car? Well, it's Jaguar's own car. Okay. Uh, actually, the, the C type was the big challenge because, like you, I, I'm six foot four, so I didn't mm-hmm. fit. So I could only just get my feet onto pedals. <laughs> And then we're going up the hill, and every time I hit a bump, my legs were being jammed against oh, the, yeah. against the fascia. So I got to the top of the hill; I was literally bleeding. Uh-huh. But there was no way they're not. I was not going to drive that car. Um, D type was easier. I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing. But you are sat on the start line. You notice: Am I in first? Have I got reversed by accident? That happened to a buddy of mine where he got reversed. When I he drove. Went for first. You, you know, when you initially pull out of the staging area and you take that right and go up the hill, I took. I was the only driver. I think the entire history of this of the of the event to take a left. I went the wrong way. I had no idea. I wasn't watching everybody in front of me. And I get out on the track, and and the the flag guy's not pointing me in a certain direction. So I'm literally the only person who took a left. What an imbecile. Is that because American racers only turn left? I I, I suppose since I was (laughs) in a NASCAR quote unquote, you know, type of vehicle, then yes, it would only. That's my excuse. That's that's what happened. Thank you so much. It wasn't you, it was the vehicle itself. It wanted to go left. It had no idea what else to do. No question. And and, (laughs) therein lies my excuse. (laughs) There you go. So, um, one of the things I want to go over is, is. Uh, you just came back from the Geneva Motor Show, and, which is always fascinating to me because we always get the press on all of these different cars, and, and, and we don't get much of a chance to go to these events ourselves. There's just so much scheduling going on, tons of podcasts here, bills all over the place, uh, traveling. And for us, uh, car shows are more of a, um, a, 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 a hobby to go to, and, and we don't – unless somebody starts paying us to go, then we're going to go. But in Speak the meantime, for yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. They're See, a hobby for you to go to. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd love to go to one every weekend, but, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, then if I go to them for nothing, then it kind of cuts my nose off to spite myself. So, Well, look, I mean, we're not getting paid to go, and uh, and Gage doesn't play baseball at, uh, at the auto show. So this is your choice. Bingo. You've got to go work, and then you've got to find time to watch I'm watch multitasking. Play. I'm, I'm doing both. Somebody um, – uh, our our conversation last week was uh, his his son Gage is playing video games, but part of the process is is uh, he has to do push ups or 
something to that effect, right? Before what a responsible parent. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I'm it's, saying. It's, like it's a, he has to earn it. Like Dad, I want to play some video games. Yeah, it's okay. called the hundred, hundred, hundred. And and what are you going to do? So um, somebody somebody tweeted out. They're like, I love that. And now my kids doing push ups for video games. It's <laughs> part of their household. I think it's yeah. wonderful, man. I, I think fe- it's you know great. I saw that this morning and I felt, re- you know, I, I felt like I accomplished something. Right? No, it's good. You know. By the way, you're not like standing over them, beating them, and do the push ups like. Well, you know, I, I am. <laughs> well, you that's different. That. Well. Yeah, well, Gage is a tough kid to begin with. By the way, we he were, has no choice. Yeah, well, that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. He's got yeah. he's got no choice, but he's a good kid, yeah. and uh, and the more he likes video games, the better shape he's going to be in. The only per- kid ever to be able to make that claim. How'd you get in good shape? I play a lot of video games. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no kid ever can make that claim, right? He's the only one who can. Uh, uh, good thing he likes video games yeah. because it makes him strong. Be like, oh, do you want to go uh, play some Forza Motorsport? I can't. My arms are killing me. I can't do it. <laughs> come on, son. Play yeah, a little on, bit more. Come on, play a little more. It's like I just can't do it. I'm just dying here. I can't do it. Yesterday he came up and said, "Dad, can I do 300, 300, 300? And I'm like, that equates to sixty minutes on the video game. I said, absolutely not. But you can do two hundred, two hundred, two. So I'm doing forty minutes, but not sixty. But, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, it's turning a negative into a positive. So. Okay, so when he does them, do you work out with him or play video games with him or both or neither? I do neither. <laughs> I actually stand there like you just painted the beautiful picture with a whip and a whistle <laughs> and make sure that he does all of them correctly. Okay. All right. Well, good for him. I'm his father, not his best friend. And hopefully he'll appreciate that later in life. And – Wanda, she she's the softer side of the Goldberg household, the, except for the fact that she you know rules with the iron fist. Also, it's the times. it's the subtle it's the subtle kind of. Are you, you sure you don't want to do that? I feel like, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. That's my wife. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, and um, every time I follow her on uh, on social media, there's some new animal mm. living in your house. Yeah, and see again. That's why we have to do the podcast in San Diego, because if I leave for any period of time longer than one or two hours, we could accumulate another animal by the time I get home. Yeah. Do, do you still have Goatberg? What happened to Goatberg? He Goatberg, was popular Goatberg on Goatberg passed away. You know, I was like, um, he was a social media fan favorite for a while. You know, Goatberg uh, started <laughs> my, through the house started my affinity for goats. Um it's a long story, but a friend of ours needed a home for him for a while. He was in between uh, houses, properties, and uh, we took care of this goat for six months. I've never had a goat in my house in my entire life. In the house? Well, not in the house. Outside of the house. And he you know, I've been in the house once there, or twice. And there, <laughs> no, that's not goat bird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, it is. Nice. Yeah, Look at him. He's playing he even, drums. He was in the house every <laughs> once in a while. But, you know, I fell in love with this dude, man. He was awesome. He doesn't stink, man. He listens. He, he's potty trained. You know, he was cool. And very long story short, we gave him back. And, like, the next day, this thing gets attacked by the next door neighbor's dogs, and he dies. Oh, oh man. It was I miserable. thought he was just having – just ill no, or something. No, he died, man. And then – you know, I don't think I, I don't I can't remember the sequence, but again, I was cast with the responsibility of taking care of another animal and my wife called me on the phone, she says, You know, I, I gotta leave town in like three or four hours, but I need a favor and I'm like, well, Yeah, okay, anything. You're my wife. She says, uh 
this goat was just born and all of its <laughs> all of its siblings died and it's the only one and I need to take care of it, but I'm leaving town. Oh, okay. So I need to take care of it. This thing was like three hours old. Long story short, I bottle fed it. Uh, I, I, I potty trained it. Where's the picture it. of that? <laughs> I, I've got them. I've got them. They'll be out on Instagram yeah. soon. Um, the throwback Thursday thing. Uh, you know, but um, they're awesome, man. So now I have two of them. Uh, uh, turbo and Bumper. Everything's got to be named after a car part. Something you know? right that, right? Um, and so they're awesome, man. They they really are cool. So, yeah, you know, that's my goat story. I I I love that uh, that Wanda calls and says I need a favor and starts with, "Well, there's this goat <laughs> that just so happens to be three hours old." Yeah, and I'm going out of town, yeah. so bottle feed this little guy until I get back. I can guarantee you, he drank milk out of a bowl sooner than any other goat in the history of the world <laughs> because I taught him and. Uh, because it was such a pain in the ass to bottle feed this thing. Right? Yeah, it was fun, and you know, it brings out a little bit of you know, I don't, I don't want to say cute or anything, but I mean, right. it was kind of, it was cool. And what's Gage's role? Does he participate in this? Gage, no, he was playing video games or doing, doing push-ups. push-ups. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, I, I, you know, had to kind of actively force it to drink out of the shoving its head into the bowl thing but yeah three weeks man i got him to drink out of a bowl that's like unheard of so all right you know i'm, I'm, I'm good like that all right i'm good with the goats but uh, la- listeners please don't send me any of your goats <laughs> <laughs> there's your there's your sound drop uh for the for the day i'm good with the goats I'm good with the goats. Good with the goats. All right, so let's talk about uh, Geneva. Let's talk about Motor Show. What's going on there? Um, uh, we've got a whatever, like a top ten list of things. Let's start firing through and see what's happening, what's new, what's coming up. What do you like? What do you don't like, Alistair? Where do you want to start? Sure. Well, in Geneva, um, I actually got to have an early drive of the uh, Jaguar. Sorry, I pronounced it Jaguar over here. Jaguar. <laughs> you call it whatever you want. The yeah. Jaguar. What's I-Base. it made out of? Pattern? What's it made out of? Uh, aluminum. There you go. <laughs> one thing I've had to <laughs> one thing I've had to learn over the years is yeah. to say Americanisms, but with a British accent. So if you say, yeah. "I'm going to put this in the trunk," you have to say "trunk" because there's a temptation to say, "I'm going to put this in the trunk," and then carry on in English, and it just <laughs> right, sounds, right, right. just sounds all wrong. Actually, it was funny because uh, 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 Alistair and I got together. Uh, I don't know last week or something. We were, we were going over some topics for the show, and uh, and he swears to me, aluminum is in his. Is in his vocabulary, but that day he couldn't say it. No. He, he couldn't say it. Aluminium all day long. Easy. You've been practicing. And trying and to say it on a Sunday morning is definitely not happening. <laughs> oh, God. Couple, all right. So uh, the Jaguar I-Pace? Yeah. Uh, so, it's, I mean, this is – it's interesting. For, what, 30, 40 years, Jaguar has always been behind the curve. For mm-hmm. the first time, actually, they're, they're getting into market before Audi, before Mercedes. Wow. With a, with a genuine Tesla rival. So this is an all-electric car. There's no plug-in hybrid. It's, it's, it's 100% electric. Two motors, uh, loads of power, decent range. But it is small. Um, it's less – it's more the size of kind of like the F-Pace. It looks SUV. like that, ru- that Range Rover. The uh, small the Range Rover. Yeah, similar size to yeah. the Velar. And and when you sit inside, it's not as futuristic as Tesla. Everything's not focused on one screen. It's mm-hmm. more car-like, if you like. Yeah, um, I like that. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of Velar in there. Um, it's an interesting – I mean, I literally drove it around a car park next to Geneva Airport, so mm. I'm not going to pretend it was a big road test. But it was enough just to get a feel. And one of the things for me about these these cars coming through is, what's Jaguar about it? 
You know, it's it's, right. it's an electric car. We have a Model 3 on the Edmunds fleet, so I'm familiar with that. We also have a belt. These things all kind of feel the same. Mm-hmm. They sound the same. They all go. But how are they not fast. all going to sound the same 20 years down or feel the same 20 years down well, the road? Yeah. They're taking all the individuality out of all the vehicles. It's I mean, we're looking problem. at the photos here, and it looks very much Jaguar on the interior, and it's gorgeous. And I always thought Jaguars have been kind of crushing it on the interiors. They're doing such a great job. And, uh, and I was kind of hoping to see an all-electric car look more like uh, like real, the cars yeah. that we like. I mean, nothing against Tesla. Like They're trying to be so innovative and start pushing the future so much that they're trying to make everything different because they have the opportunity to do so. There's no brand, you sure. know, 100 years behind them. But I, I love the Jag, and I love to see this thing. So this is smaller than an F-Pace SUV? It's sort of inside. It's about F-Pace big. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the other thing that's really confusing, it's called Jaguar's just brought out an E-Pace. Yes. Which is a gasoline car, mm. and it's this smaller. Is, that's that's more like a Audi, yeah, Q3. Q3. Yeah. Q3. And then they have the I Pace, which is electric. So, yeah. like people I've been talking to, you say, oh, the, oh, the E Pace, that's the electric one, right? No, the the I Pace is yeah. electric. The oh, E Pace yeah, yeah. is gasoline. I mean, I'm not sure they thought that one through. Yeah, I'm not sure who to blame for that one, but uh, but we like the idea of the I Pace. So uh, I went to to a big like sort of concept unveiling here in the in the US like about a year ago and it was it was a really cool event that they did is they had like a just a giant room and around the room were sort of tables and the middle of the room was was empty and they you know somebody came out and like sort of made a speech and then everybody put on these VR goggles and in there, like Ian Callum pop, pops up, like all pasty white and British, and he's like, "Hey, let me tell Scottish. you about my car." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then they walk through the cars, and they're like, "You." And as you're standing there, Bill, at the table, you stand up, and then your head goes out the the, the panoramic roof of the car. Mm-hmm. So it's all sort of in real time. So they Jesus. go through this whole demo, which is fantastic. And then when you take the goggles off, the car was in front of you, which they rolled in very quietly while they were while you were in a dark room with, cool. with 200 people. And so we saw the concept, and it was great. And so we love the idea of this and pretty decent range. Alistair, my question for you is, is, is when this was being announced, they were saying, hey, man, it could do – just about 300 mile range and and now they're saying here in the US it's it's like 240 or 250 mile range how are you calculating stuff differently in in the UK or Europe how is it like the EMPG or something that we have out here because i think the vehicle stays the same, but it's like two ninety eight mile range there and two fifty here. Yeah, it's all it's all pretty confusing, and actually, people need to get together and actually say this is this is what it means. Because mm-hmm. I mean, when we when we test these vehicles, generally speaking, we we achieve better than the range. Things like the Chevy Volt, uh, Chevy Bolt, we've got, we mm-hmm. actually generally outperform the range that they claim. Apart mm-hmm. from the Teslas, the Teslas actually seem to be pretty aggressive with what they're claiming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much everybody, I think at the moment, everybody's paranoid about range anxiety. So it's always like, let's be a little bit conservative. So generally, we can outperform it. And of course, a lot of it's about how you drive and yeah. everything else and where you drive, of course. But yeah, it, 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 somebody needs to get a handle on it and say, what does this mean in, in the real world? Because 240 miles on a test, but what does this mean? You know, what, how, how far can I drive? And, of course, it's different in L.A. where the sun shines most of the time. And it has everything to do with how you're driving the vehicle, yeah. too, doesn't it? Of course. 
Um, you know, and if you're in the snow belt or whatever, it's going to be a totally different experience and a totally different range. Mm-hmm. So we do need to find a better way. And that's one of the things that, that, that we do at Edmunds is to actually to, to test these vehicles and to live with them. And part of the reason why we, we buy vehicles, put them on our long-term fleet, is so that we can we can kind of, kind of get a real-world impression, different drivers, mm-hmm. different conditions, different parts of the country, to actually get a sense of, you know, what, what do these cars do in the real world? Realistically, yeah. How do you like it, driving around the parking lot? The what, iPace? Yeah. What's, yeah. Your, what's your thought? Good? People should get them? Yeah. I think a good it's alternative a, to Tesla or what? It is. It's sort of it's a sort of as inside it's not much bigger than a Model 3, mm-hmm. but it's going to be start about $70,000, so really it's going to be a rival to the Model S or the Model X. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a it's a nice thing. It's it's very quick. As we said, it has a decent range. Nice. To, I, I think this is going to be a success. And, you know, it's interesting that Audi must say everybody else is trying to pile into this market in 12 months, 18 months' time. It's going to look a, a very different world. A lot different than now. Yeah. All right. What else do you see out there? What's uh, Please, do I want to buy that Mission E? Get through that quick. I want, I want that car <laughs> right. so bad. Let's, Please, let's I jump want, to Porsche. I, I Mission can't, E. I can't let him... Dilly dally any longer. You got to get to the Mission E. Tell me about it, please. Well, the Mission E is an interesting. I mean, we, you know, we were talking about Jaguar, and, and how yeah. do you define a Jaguar? Well, I was talking last year to on a Panamera launch to ja- uh, Porsche's design director, a guy called Michael Meyer, and he was saying it's very difficult now because, you know, what is how, what is Porsche about a Mission E? Especially when you go down to the road towards autonomy and everything else, mm-hmm. it's going to be there's like, a there's a performance benchmark for all Porsches. Mm-hmm. How do you take an all electric car and meet that? Yeah, and at the end of the day, you've got a steering wheel, a badge, and probably you know you haven't you can't even have like the rev counter in the middle anymore of the of yeah. the, the dashboard. So Those what, are the what, only constants. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think this is going to be. They put a lot of money and a lot of engineering behind it. We'll see the sedan first by mm-hmm. the probably by the end of the by the end of this year, early probably early next. Price point looks pretty reasonable. Reasonable to me. Price point would be pretty reasonable, and then the the car that it had in Geneva was kind of almost like an Audi All Road. So it was a it was a wagon, a little bit jacked up, because air suspension, which will uh-huh. which will raise and lower it. So that's that's going after that what we used to call a crossover, somewhere between a, a sedan, a wagon, and an SUV. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting. I, I could see that being a, a U kind of car actually. I think that's got your name on it. Yeah, I I want one pretty bad. My brother's got the the P one hundred, the Tesla or P one thousand, whatever. Yeah, it is. the the one hundred. Yeah, that's and, the big uh, dog too. That's the fast one. Yeah, that's the yeah. big dog. And, What's know. the size of the Mission E? Is it is it Panamera size? Yeah, you're looking Panamera it, size. It looks it. big, yeah, doesn't it? It's a proper. I'd have to check the exact dimensions, but yeah, you you're talking you're talking Panamera big. See that's what I like about it, you know, uh, compared to the to the Jag, obviously. Yeah. But then when you look at that interior, man, I'm not I'm not really a fan of that. If you look at that, the furthest thing that screams is Porsche. Yeah, there's a lot of Panamera in there, and you know, Pan- Panamera has been criticised for being less Porsche-like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, you know that, that I think if you take away, if you squint a bit, that's pretty much what the production car will look like. Yeah. And it I is, like the size. You know, yeah. For me it's and a- you. And me, exactly. What? How does it drive? Pardon? How does it drive? I haven't driven it yet. No, Looking forward it's still to it. concept. It's still, yeah, that's the thing. These are some of the cars. It's funny because the, uh, the Mission E was debuted like, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But at Geneva, they didn't want to sort of – they didn't want to lose the, the momentum. So they came out with the Mission E cross Turismo concept, which is kind of the more bubbly hatchback version you know, one sedan, one full hatchback, I guess. Although yeah. I think they both have hatches like a Panamera. Yeah, it's kind of almost what they've done with Panamera where you have yeah. the, 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 the sedan, which is actually a hatchback, yeah. and then you have the wagon, which has got a slightly bigger trunk. Boot trunk. Yeah. Boot. <laughs> Here we go. Gotcha, gotcha. That's right, so this is, 
this picture here that we're looking at, that's the Mission E. Yeah, that, right? that's the sedan hatch. Yeah, which I think is a great looking yeah, car. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's I think. a beautiful that's the looking sedan. And I'm all I'm down for the performance sedan, by the way. It's gorgeous. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what the new M5 is going to bring because the performance figures on that are great. And and uh, and I'm I'm jazzed for you know we saw <laughs> you're all about that. That car is yeah. gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous. Um, I like to see what BMW is going to do with an eight series. We saw the eight series debut at the Quail event last August, and then right. in Geneva they had the M8 concept, which was the four door version of the. Jeez, you know, a, so okay. Here's my thing: M8. Grand Coupe concept. A coupe is a two-door and a sedan's a four-door. And now we've got this sport coupe, grand coupe. You know, like Mercedes is doing it. BMW is doing it. It's like, can't you just call it like a sports sedan or something? Like, why do we got to use coupe? Well, where I come coupe. Where I come from, coupe. Where I come from, coupe is somewhere where you keep a chicken. uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) And South Georgia, too. Right. (laughs) But, like, why why did we have to do the four-door coupe? Why couldn't we just do come up with another term we've we've made up suv and xuv and crossover we couldn't have done like sports sedan or i think it's all about it's basically all about fertility the problem is and it's a bit like white porsche did the panamera you get the guy who's had an amg gt he then has kids he gets older and then what where does he go and historically you could have gone to an e-class amg or something but actually they're trying to say now we're going to develop this range of cars where you can kind of have kids and then still have your sports car. No, makes I, the consumer I, feel special. No, I yeah. dig it. I like it. I think I think an M6 Grand Coupe is badass. Yeah. Right? Low, just don't lower like the position. I just don't like the name Grand Coupe. Yeah. Like, why not just say it's an M6 sports sedan or something or something different? Right? And I think this is a great looking car. I thought it was weird that they debuted it at the Geneva Auto Show in this weird shape shifting color that from like from like a 2004 Mustang Cobra and. And because it makes all the photos look like a video game, and I kind of wanted to just see the car. There's too much weird lighting reflecting and things going on, and and the way they debuted it. But I think that's a cool looking car. Yeah, it doesn't photograph well. It doesn't photograph as well as it looks in real life. Actually, I think that's a that's a yeah. beautifully executed. A bit like the six series Grand Coupe, the the four door actually looked better than the two door for me. It's and, a beautiful car. And this was also, I think the reason it was in Geneva was that this was actually a response to the Mercedes AMG, I've got to get this right, AMG four-door coupe 63S 63, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that BMW- so it's, it's the, the Mercedes GT, that great-looking little sports car. I love the front engine. I'm a sucker for the, sort of the front engine GT-style mm-hmm. cars. I mean, everybody loves a 488 Ferrari, but... Get me an F12 and I'm down, right? Uh, something like that. 599 Aston Martin. I, I love that style of car. And now, by the way, those cars are getting so much better and faster. They're they're very much competing with the mid-engine, the rear-mid cars. I mean, they're front-mid anyway, right? I right. mean, uh, look at the, the performance of, a, of an F12, like TDF or something like that. Oh, you know who just got one? Who, was, who just ordered one? Our friend Ken Lingenfelder. He's oh, on the list. Oh, God. And Ken's got an F12 TDF coming in. And We're he's never so going to hear the end of it. He's so excited about that. He came in and did our, our podcast um, like a year ago, and he – he was here in the studio while people were texting him, literally uncrating, unboxing his LaFerrari. 
He's like, look, one of the crate walls is down. And, and like, there was his red LaFerrari. So he was here. And then when he came back in a couple of weeks ago, he's like, I'm going to get the F12, the TDF. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and uh, he's, but we got to find some kind of candy store. It's awesome. We got to find a road trip to where we bring this show on the road and do a pod from his place. And uh, he's got the craziest mix of cars because we, we see him at every auction. If you go to any Meekum, any, any Bear Jackson auction, he's there, and he always finds the wackiest stuff. And at Bear Jackson this this past year, and we'll, we'll talk about it uh, later as well. But he bought a Pontiac Solstice. I'm like, that's why it's a Pontiac Solstice. Come on, buddy. Like, why'd you buy it? Here's the funny part: is I thought he bought it because it was the car from the Transformers movie, and a big part of what he does, his collection is is basically used for charity events. He's got kids come in, field trips that come in. So he's got a nice mix. The kids like to see the Ferraris and stuff. And then they want to see cool cars like from the movies and things like that. Here's the funny part is when I asked him about it, I was like, this is going to be great in your collection. The kids are going to love it. Transformers car. And he goes, yeah, I found out it was a Transformers car right after I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) So what was his reasoning prior? I don't know. He's like, I don't know. He's like, it looked cool. It was like 11 grand. He's like, what the hell? Yes, two, his two newest Ken. cars was a, a Chevette and a Quicksilver, a, a, a Zimmer. Yeah. yeah. Wanda wants a, uh, uh, what were the cars? A Pinto. So maybe I, I had to put him on that. He could find he it. He probably for has one. He probably has one in his collection. You can call him up and be like, hey, my wife wants a Pinto, something uh, not terribly disastrous. And be like, well, mine's probably in really good shape. There's, a, law, there's a Lawman Pinto out there. And Is I'm, there? I'm looking for it. Oh. No joke. By the way, I've got I got information about your lawman. Remind me after 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 the show. We'll talk about it off air. But uh, got some some info about that. Good. All right. So um, there's no way we're going to get through every single car on this list. But keep going. What's next? Uh, what's next? Well, a little bit more. Um, what are your favorites? What are my favorites? That's a good question. I mean, there's this real kind of at the moment. It's a bit like we'll see this in New York as well. You're either going crazy horsepower old world or electric, and there's mm-hmm. almost nothing nothing in between. I mean, there's a new Ferrari 488 Pista with over 700 horsepower. It's the most powerful V8 Ferrari ever. You know, the the MG. Every, everybody's kind of getting silly on the horsepower. It's almost like a last throw of the dice, isn't it? It, it seems like it. Yeah. And, and yeah. then you know, everybody's recognizing that actually the next generation. I mean, there's going to be a Mustang Hybrid we know now coming out. And wait a minute. Back up there, <laughs> Mustang hybrid. Yeah, that's like that's coming. Ford Mustang. You hybrid? just threw up over there. <laughs> like I look if I don't want to poo-poo any technology. There's two things. One is if you keep the essence of the car, like we talked about Porsche of the brand, and two, you don't make me do it like an autonomous car, right? So that, that's my feeling on it. That being said, and and. We're, we're doing a recap of Geneva Auto Show, but n- next week is New York. You're going to head out there and go to New York, but we know about some previews from New York. We can blend it all in once. We don't have to do one before the other. But what, what's the idea behind a, a Mustang hybrid? Who's the market for that? Is it a performance hybrid or are we going to be like, hey, you can get a, a four-cylinder with a hybrid, but really you want to buy a GT500? Yeah, you definitely want to buy a GT500. Right? I mean, I've only seen the teaser picture at the moment, but that looks pretty amazing. Yeah. And one of the guys in, in my team who actually was was up at Detroit this week having a little sneak preview about some of that stuff. But uh, we're not allowed to talk about that at the moment. What do we do now? We know 5.2 liter. We, the, we Essentially the engine from the GT350, but without the flat plane crank. It's a conventional crank, same block, same heads, 
this is what we think. Yeah, with a with a supercharger, most likely a supercharger. I mean, Ford's keeping super tight lipped on some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, now they could pull the wool over us and be like, "Hey, it's turbo, <laughs> right?" We do know it'll have over seven hundred horsepower. Yeah. And the little teaser film for it looks quite cool as well. Yeah, it's probably gonna be supercharged. Why not? Sounds yeah. good. It is, the line, last it is the last throw of the dice. The last it? throw, yeah. They got to yeah. go for it. Yeah. Well, Sounds I like, like the idea are. of that. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Um, uh, actually, Bill, we know you're largely a muscle car guy, but at some point. Mission E. Yeah, but at some <laughs> point previously, though, like some point in the life of getting this car collection you've been acquiring. Were you a Ferrari guy? Did you have a Ferrari at some point? Or is it like one of these things where you're like, I'd love one, I can never fit in one? Well, I've, I've, I've got one. Or excuse me, I had one. I had the 360. That's what I thought um, you did. And you know what? I fit well in it. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. There were a number of cars that I was looking for at the time. Yeah. And, you know, Aston Martin. I mean, I didn't know. The, the GT3 is what I wanted. Um, I surprisingly fit in the GT3, but it was silver and I didn't like silver. But they had a black 360. I fit in that. Ironically, the guy sent me the the GT3 to the house. Excuse me, it wasn't a GT3; it was a twin turbo. He sent oh, yeah. it, he sent it to the house to me a month after I bought the Porsche, and it shows up at my gate. And I answer the phone. I yeah, who's this? Oh, it's the transport from Beverly. I won't even mention. Uh, and. The guy had the owner on the phone, and he said, you know what? You liked that car when you were here. We figured we'd just send it down to you for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Boy, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, it, for some reason, it never took it back. Oh, really? Yeah, so I ended up buying both of them. That's how they get you. <laughs> exactly. It was great marketing. But, I swear, that's how the Kardashians and Paris Hilton own every car they have, right? Well, they make it easy for you. Because why does... Why does you know Paris Hilton run around in like an SLR McLaren or or one of the Kardashian gets a La Ferrari? I'm in Vegas with with Dana White and yeah. and uh, we I, I they're taping one of the shows and all of a sudden the show ends and we go outside and and Dana's phone rings and yeah I'm right here guy pulls up their four supercars that's how he was shopping you know the guys yeah. bring them to them. Um, it's very convenient. It's kind of like Safelight, you know, when they come and do yeah, your windshield. Do your windshield. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but for, they don't like which windshield would you like? We'll install all four. It, and you it, tell me which exactly. shade of tin I, I want you the want. Tin when I, <laughs> yeah. But you know, to get back to your your question about Ferraris, my my brother is the Ferrari guy. Your brother is. My brother's got the uh, the Daytona convertible. He's got the uh, he's got the forty, the fifty, and the Enzo. Yeah. And so I had my. Ferrari fixed by going to his house. Um, he's a little bit smaller than I am. He can fit in them. The forty's really a pain in the ass to right, drive, right. but but the a kick in the flipping pants and like my favorite Ferrari I've ever driven. Um, your brother here or your my brother, brother in Aspen? In Aspen, yeah. yeah. Um, he's uh, uh, he's been a Ferrari guy ever ever since. I yeah, remember. yeah, yeah. And um, he's uh, uh, he has fun with them. I mean, I remember a time. Number of times that uh, my brother here in San Diego and I would fly out and we'd take three of them across Independence Pass, you know, the 40, the 50, and the Enzo. And then, yeah. we'd, then we'd go up to the top of the pass and we'd switch. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what is it, 35 grand to change the oil on the Enzo, something like that? <laughs> I, I'm not into that. Um, no, I'll change it myself. I'm not into that. You've got to pull the motor on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll get my brother to You know, it. so at the end of the day, they're great. They're cool to look. And I'm a, I'm a guy who uh, – I try to be realistic with my collection. The stuff that I have now 
is only going to appreciate. Yeah. And if I, you know, the, the, the Ferrari is going to go down unless it's, you know, certain Ferrari, it's going to depreciate. So you, you figure out, okay, is it worth 10 grand for me to drive this thing in a year or whatever? My other cars, right. it, it's the other end of the spectrum. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I can't really fit in them that much anymore, man. And it's, uh, so no, I'm a, okay. I'm a Dodge guy. All right. I want to quickly tell you about Dodge. Thanks to Dodge, spring isn't about just the change of weather, long days, or flowers blooming. It's about the Dodge Spring Sales Event. And since the Brotherhood of Muscle has the only family of all-wheel drive muscle cars, March 21st is just another day on the calendar. Dodge Charger, the only muscle car in its class to throw you back in your seat with 300 horsepower and still get 30 miles per gallon. Dodge Journey, maximize your adventures with the most powerful three-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. The Dodge Durango, tear through April showers with the most powerful SUV and all-wheel drive availability in its class. Dodge Challenger, take the streets by storm with the most affordable V8 in its class. The domestic, not domesticated, brotherhood of muscle waits for no one. So hurry into your Dodge Spring sales event today. Alistair, what's next? What's on your list? Well, it's actually some quite interesting. In, coming up in New York, it's actually going to some. We, we talked a lot about the high end Exotica, and, and Geneva's full of full of Exotica. Has always been that way. New York's a little bit more down to earth. Uh, new Toyota Rav Four coming out. I mean, they that is outselling the Camry now in the US. That is their that is their number one number one vehicle. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Cadillac XT4, Lincoln Aviator. I mean, again, what's the XT4? What is it? That's a that's a little. Um, SUV, so it's a rival to kind okay. of Audi Q, a Q3, Q3, Jack, Jaguar e that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. X1. X1. Yeah. 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 So every, everything's BMW's. kind of... Grab- <laughs> What's the latest on the Bronco? That's oh, yeah. on its way. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a teaser thing too, but that was a goofy teaser because yeah. they're like, it's like the shape of a vehicle with a car cover on it, and everyone's like, it's exactly what I want it to be. I was like, it's the same shape they debuted 19 years ago at every every auto show, you know, every like three years. They're like, here's a new Bronco, here's a new Bronco, here's a new Bronco. If we get a new Bronco, and assuming we will, is it going to be cool or is it or is it going to be like a four-cylinder diesel, and then that's it. It'll be a pastiche of the old one, won't it? You know, yeah. it, it, it's bound to be. I mean, that's coming next next year. I mean, the other one that's been teased uh, to create is the Toyota Supra. I was talking to the Toyota guys mm-hmm. in Geneva. They had this kind of race car version there. And even the Toyota guys were saying, you know, sooner or later, we've just got to launch this thing. You know, it's right. been like we've been teasing this thing for years. I, I have friends at Toyota, and forever they're like, we're like, when's the new Supra? They're like, it's not going to be a Supra. It's not going to be a Supra. And then finally somebody, I'm sure, in marketing was like, yeah, I think it needs to be a Supra. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's mostly a BMW at this point. It's a shared platform mm-hmm. between uh, X4. X, uh, four. Four. No, Z, no, X4. Z4, Z4 sorry. Z4. Z4. It's going to be yeah. – uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Z4 slash Toyota Supra. But now it's – as more information comes out, we're finding out it's much more Z4 than it is Toyota Supra, I guess, right? Like do you have any insight on that? Um, I mean obviously the I, they can do so much with, with, with tuning now and so much with the electronics and everything else to make it to make it feel feel very different. I mean I just think it's great that Toyota's back. You know, it's, it's – I think the RAV4 is probably going to be a great little SUV. But I think it's great that you've now got, you know, enthusiasts running the company again and Toyota's making making things that, that get everybody excited. And, do we know what engine's going to be in this thing? Uh, it's a six, I think, turbocharged six, I think is mm-hmm. it, what, what, what okay. they're saying at the moment. Well, I mean no doubt BMW does a great – straight six right mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, it's not. I mean, if you're going to start somewhere, it's not a terrible place to be. When yeah. you think of some of the collaborations no, no in means. the past. Yeah. Do, do you yeah. think there's going to be a, a turbo and non-turbo version? Or do you think it's just going to be sort of one car? I, to be honest, I, I'm not sure yet. I think they've they've been there's been so much kind of rumor and speculation about this car. Yeah, I think you know it's about time. It's a bit like the when Honda launched the NSX, it was like five years from the original mm-hmm. concept. Something that they showed at Detroit one year, all the way through the production. And by the time it arrives, everybody's like, "Yeah, I've seen that. It's old news." You, I, really you know careful. what? What started this conversation was the Bronco, and I, yeah. and I have to say they're following the same course. But I also have to say, if one showed up in front of me, I'd be as excited as five years ago when they first yeah you well, know, I, touted it because it, it's it's such a great brand and people love Broncos from the '60s from from every era. And now we have guys like Icon and Jonathan Ward sort of bringing these things mm-hmm. back. And and by the way, guys like Bodie Stroud, everybody's building cool Broncos, mm-hmm. and you're starting to see them show up at SEMA. And there's so many cool things you can do with it. And it's it's a great way to do like, hey, you know, I, I've got a little bit more money and I, I don't want to do a, a Jeep or a Land Cruiser and mm-hmm. I still want to, you know, I want an American and so maybe I do a badass Bronco or maybe I do a Coyote Swap. There's a huge market like for that, it. You know? I, I'm going to shoot that out right now, man. Yeah. I, I know 20 guys that would go out and buy that instantly. Yeah. I wanted to, arriving in LA, I wanted to buy like a piece of Americana. Yeah. Um, and I said, here Would my, you end up getting a Morgan? I'm lo- <laughs> I want a Morgan three-wheeler as well, but Story. Uh, we, I've just got a fitting one, but we're working on that. But I came with my girlfriend. He said, "We want a Bronco." There's where Bronco parked in uh, near Manhattan Beach, yeah. uh, and I said, "We want one of those." And the, in in Venice Beach, there's some guys doing that. When to speak to him, sixty thousand oh, dollars. That's cheap too. Yeah. And I was like, I, I mean, I, in my head, I was thinking twenty, 20 yeah. twenty-five, yeah. sixty thousand dollars. At which point, you think this is a hell of a lot of money for for uh, you know? Yeah, that's not happening. It's like the Land Cruiser guys. Um, you know, I, I owned a number of those when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah. Not a kid. But, and now, you know. by the way, they're all like at Gooding and Bonhams. And they're yeah, they're 100 grand. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, there might be a very small market for them, but I don't know any of those guys. The, all the older Broncos that people are building, we have so much aftermarket support. You can buy the frame. You can buy a repop body and everything else. Like, you don't even need to buy a Bronco. You can build one from scratch. I don't know if that's cost efficient. I assume not. But... If you wanted to just build a bespoke Bronco, you could. You can buy anything you wanted for that thing. Part of my reasoning for wanting it to come out again is that I couldn't fit in the original, and I'm hoping that that the new one is a little bit larger. I I would say yes. I would say for the most part that the manufacturers have to sort of appeal to a certain Mm -hmm. type of – and Alistair will know this more than than the rest of us. But even today, sports cars got to fit a guy who's six-something, six-two, six-three, right? Like you got to be – now, granted, they all don't got the shoulders you got, buddy. But but at some point, like, you know, even – you know, like you guys drove the – the Jaguar F type and, mm-hmm. and now like a like a Z four. Oh, by the way, um uh my friends at uh at Mazda, great guys, love those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh you know, I, I I we get the press cars, we drive mm-hmm. them every once in a while, so I'm gonna send you a Miata. Like no lie. Like I'm gonna send you a Miata and then you drive it for a little while if you could fit in it. And then come back and you tell us what what your what your take is on the auto for a few days. You don't have to drive it every day. I'm just saying. It's the size of the willies. 
Like, look, I, what's nice is, like, you can pick it up and carry it around. Absolutely. <laughs> if you wanted to. But, I uh, could parallel. Yeah, I could uh, easily parked. There's, there's, um, I'd look like a monkey humping a football driving that thing. Okay, but here's the thing is, not the Roadster. They got that little hard top. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? And it looks good. How am I going to fit in that? The hard top doesn't look as good as the Roadster. It, the, is, is it a convertible hard top? It's a, like the little folding hard. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it looks like Okay, it. well, yeah. there you go. So maybe the, the top will, will go down because you're right. You're yeah. going to have to sort of magnum PI your head over so, there. So, you know, here, here's, here's my point. <laughs> my point is this guy gets to test all these killer cars and look what he's sending me. So here's the thing. It's like we had like Ford Raptor and, Mi- and Mazda Miata. And I was like, all right, you drive the Miata. You're a dick. <laughs> and, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I think if you can fit in it, I think you'll be amazed how much fun you can have. Oh, well, hey, man, my Cobra, I'm sure it's the same size as my Cobra. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just got 600 less horsepower. Yeah. But, yeah, a little go-kart driving around the mountains uh, near uh, Southern California. Yeah, I'd love to. It'd yeah. Awesome. And actually, um, uh, you know. Your your wife Wanda she's a she's a stunt woman stunt driver as well. I'd love to get her thoughts on it as well. Is well, would as she long be? As we take out the extra insurance. <laughs> yes, no question. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's rolling around, rolling around Southern California. I'm with not a, saying she can't drive. I'm just saying the front she seat. does it. You know, uh, seat of your pants kind of. Thing. <laughs> Hence the stunt woman. Oh, stunt woman moniker. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna we got a few more minutes. Uh, give us one more thing. What's a standout thing for you guys over there that you liked, or we should be looking for? Look, I, as much as we love the Porsches and and the GT five hundreds, uh, you're right though. You mentioned a Rav four, and they sold over four hundred thousand of those things. And so they're popular. And I know on, on, sometimes we joke and we're like, oh, that's what you get when you hate driving, you know. <laughs> but the reality is, is is there's so much just commuter cars and things like that. You want something that's good, reliable, inexpensive, fairly safe, as long as it doesn't roll over. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, the, and the market is now everybody's moving towards kind of compact SUVs. Mm-hmm. That's where the market is. Yeah. You know, Honda CRVs. I mean, Lexus coming to market with the with the UX, which is was a little bit disappointing. You know, it's 170 horse. Yeah, we're not talking about this as a performance car, but it just. Again, everything was sort of gravitating the center. The uh, Hyundai just had the the new Santa Fe, so yeah. that's going to be either they're going to get rid of the Sport, so it's going to be Santa Fe as a as a five seater, or or if you go for the Santa Fe XL, that will have the third row seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the, this thing is peppering, a, as we say, a hugely popular market. That will also be in New York, and there's a new Tucson um, revised Tucson coming in in New York as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, there is more and more choice. And, it, and it, man, everything's gravitating to LG SUVs, but manufacturers just keep kind of peppering the heartland. And so, yeah, it's a good yeah. time for consumers and some great deals out there as well. It's easy for us to glaze over those cars because this is, a, is an enthusiast show. But these are the these are the big sellers. I mean, yeah. these are the big sellers. I mean, yeah, we do love a truck. We love an F-150, but they're, they sell so many and they're so profitable that Ford can say every three years, like, we're going to reinvest another billion dollars into the next version of this car, just yeah. in a facelift and engine development. Absolutely. But keep in mind that, like, the Toyota Camrys, the Nissan Altimos, well, the that's RAV4s, what the, the Honda CRVs of the world. Yeah. It's just- well, there's a new Altima in New York. Um, and I was looking at the figures on it. Yeah, and you, every, you talk about SUV, everybody say, oh, well, they don't, they don't sell as many sedans as they used to. They're still going to shift a quarter of a million units a year Jesus. at the Altima. Yeah. Coming soon to an Uber near you, I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is 
fantastic. And there's something to be said about those cars. I mean, it's it's difficult because these manufacturers need to push to make the best, most reliable, safest, nicest, car, reasonable car, yeah. but for attainable to most people it needs to be attainable to most people and you mentioned the the santa fe it's like i was in a santa fe the other day because my uber driver was driving one and i was like this is it's not bad <laughs> well well the other thing now i mean i was talking again talking to toyota guys on on the ground in geneva and they're saying you know the expectations now are so high that people expect navigation or expect their you know their iphone or their android to talk to the car they the level of kit that you get in a in a, a modestly priced car now has just changed exponentially over the past few years. Safety now is well, a Well, look is at it given. compared to five years ago. Yeah. You know, only the top-line cars were getting all the little extras. Now everything – the baseline cars have every bell and whistle you could ever ask for. You do. And, and then you get into the problem where we talked about that actually when you get into the luxury market, what's what's left? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you you know, how do you define a, a luxury car when the when a Camry comes so well-equipped and basically does, you know, everything that you want? Bells and whistles, but it seems as if the luxury uh, market's going to less is more. You know, look, yeah. at, the, look at the interiors. Yeah. There's so many things, like you're saying, so many things that are standard equipment. Although I did grab an SUV the other day, and I went to the back, the, the back of the hatch of the SUV, and I had to close the hatch myself. I oh, couldn't God hit forbid. a button. I was like, I was like, what is this? A rental car? Is this for poor people? First of all, I'm too short. I can't do it myself. I have to jump. I wish I would have had a video of that, dude. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because uh, a friend of mine, uh, Allie, she was with me. She Threw says, you up in the air so you could get the thing? Oh, and when she has heels on, she's six, but she's like, I'll close it for you. <laughs> oh, so it was fantastic. All right. So listen, um, you guys want to get more uh, information about all the cars that we talked about here, um, as well as uh, new car shopping information and whatnot. Definitely check out Edmunds.com. You guys are going to love it there. Um, Alistair, can we find you online? Do we follow you on social media? Sure. My Instagram is uh, at Weaver Alistair. At Weaver uh, Alistair. W-E-A-V-E-R, A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R. I appreciate nobody over here knows how to spell my name. <laughs> and oh. uh, uh, I was just checking to make sure you did. Um, and then Edmonds, Edmonds.com, and Edmonds is on all social media. Follow them as well, right? Absolutely. Check out our, obviously, check out our site, our YouTube channel. I drive the iPace on our YouTube channel. We've got some gr- loads of great video on there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the website is still our home, but uh, we've got great, great stuff across all the social channels. So check us out. So we're going to have you come in. We're going to have you come in uh, with us and, and bring us some more information. We're going to shoot for like the third week of every month. So You're going to love gonna, San Diego. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right. We're going to go down there at some point. Ha! <laughs> I'm excited by my U- U.S. tour. Chris just hey, lit up. Man, like, Chris me? just lit up because now he's not the only one who has to go. <laughs> no, I'm not. Hey, dude, an hour and a half south of here, it's heaven. Yeah. It while you're down there, you can, Salute you can, heaven. You can feed his goat. Oh, you go. Well, <laughs> you can yeah. sell it to me. Alistair, it's an honor and a privilege to meet you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you once a month and hopefully a little bit more than that. You Thank know. you very much, guys. Really appreciate it being on and really enjoyed it. Uh, Bill, you want to throw out your social media? Goldberg's Garage. Goldberg's Garage. On Instagram. On Instagram. Goldberg Garage on Twitter. Yeah. And let's go Goldberg95 on Instagram and just uh, Goldberg 
on Twitter. All right, sounds good. And of course, you can follow us at CarCast Show on all social media and CarCastShow.com. And guys, if you like this show, you like this new version that we're doing together, we'd love for you to jump on iTunes, give us a nice little review, throw out some comments. A five-star rating would be appreciated. And if it's uh, less than five-star, then I will show up at your house and make sure that we change it to a five-star. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you think it's a four-star show, don't tell me. Yeah, I'm the heavy, remember? (laughs) Um, uh, Guys, thanks again for listening. You can follow me at Motorator. We're going to post some uh, photos up from today. And uh, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Yeah.